Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast. In a world riddled by hard things, how can life be good? When best-selling author and Bible teacher Lisa Whittle lost her beloved father in 2017, she found herself wondering the same question and beginning her journey of the hard good. Now, some five years later in her new book, The Hard Good, Showing Up for God to Work in You When All You Want to Do is Shut Down, Lisa combines a lesson she learned with counsel from scripture to share a poignant and practical roadmap that helps us find spiritual growth and discover our unique role in God's perfect plan. Welcome, Lisa. I'm so honored to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Well, I know I'm just meeting you for the first time, but I feel like I already know you because I just finished an advanced copy of The Hard Good. It is so good for lack of a better word. It's that's not even the right word. It's tender. It's touching. It's challenging. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about your heart and your passion and it releases tomorrow. So I guess people can still technically pre-order it or just go ahead and order it and get their copy in their hot little hands. So let's talk about what you mean by the phrase hard good. And why do you feel like this message is so timely for us today? Hmm. The hard good is really, um, you know, those highest spiritual transformative things uh, that uh, God uses in our life to use us for the kingdom of God, the, the toughest things, but the things that are the most character building, the things that are most redeemable, and they run the gamut for all of us. They look a little bit different for all of us, but yet um, they're quite universal, which is why I chose the ones I chose for the book. I find that all of us deal with them in one way or another. And um, I think it's super timely because of the fact that in all the conversations that I've had with people from really all across the world and on social media, over coffee, neighbors, people, when I go speak places in my DMs, uh, these are the ones that over and over come up. And uh, it's important because, uh, you know, we're here for a reason. If we're listening right now, if we're watching right now, if we're still breathing, then God has purpose for our life. There's, there's, there's reason that we're still here and he wants to use us for the kingdom of God. And it's more than just existing. And so uh, what is that reason? What can be good of our life that um, can make sense and sometimes not make sense, but that he wants to wildly use. And so uh, it's important right now because a lot of us are grasping for a reason that we're even still here Mm. and, and hope and meaning. And so it's, it's important because we, we need to have a reason why we're, we're up and at them every day, up and at it every day. 
Mm, I love that, Lisa. I could not agree more. And, and to help us get unstuck from the places that are hard and feel like maybe that's a dead end, you're really giving us a roadmap to see how it's a U-turn or it's just a, a bend in the road to lead us to a new place of, like you said, purpose and intentionality. We talk here on the podcast about making our lives matter. This is the Make Life Matter podcast, and that includes living a life of purpose. But you write in the hard good, not just about purpose, but about usability which this might've been one of my absolute favorite um, sections of the book, honestly, because it was very challenging for me. I don't think it's been written about enough. So I want to read an excerpt that really impacted me. You said usability will bring you the best life being used by God results in the happiest human beings. No single other thing delivers more joy or satisfaction. It all boils down to allowing your struggles to drive you to your greatest usability for God. The way we get from struggle to usability is through change and change arrives as we embrace the hard good. You go on to write God anoints and appoints, but usability is up to you. Can you explain what you mean by that and how we can maximize our usability? Yeah, this, you know, it's interesting that that resonated with you so much because it it did, it did in my own soul too, as the Lord has been, I've been going through a lot of personal change in my life. So this is very, very real for me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, I think one of the things that, that I have watched in a lot of us as believers is going through our whole life, searching for this uh, sort of ethereal map, I guess is the way I'd say it of purpose. And right. And, And so we feel like, well, I just didn't get the directions to the map. I am the unfortunate soul that didn't uh, get the directions to the map to find my purpose. Everybody else knows theirs or, you know, I, I've missed it somehow. I've done something wrong. And, 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 and we're like, I just want to find my purpose. And so the Lord really showed me. And, and honestly, it was through time in the word as I was studying first Samuel nine, and I was studying about King Saul, which is really the Bible study for the hard good. Cause there's a whole Bible study component um, about the, the fact that King Saul um, was anointed by God. He was appointed by God. He actually did some, some great things that we don't actually remember. What we remember are the, uh, things that he did that weren't so great. And, uh, that was sort of the legacy piece there and the, the, the deflecting and the hiding and the insecurity and all those things. And what the Lord really showed me was Lisa, the usability is up to you. You you decide how much you will be used for the kingdom of God in what you're willing to sit with me through in that uncomfortable process of the hard things in your life in order to be greatly used for the kingdom of God. You can decide that. You get to decide that. So, you know, I gift you. I, I anoint you is what I'm talking about there. And I appoint you, which is talking really about the sovereignty of God and, and how he he uh, appoints us to places. And of course we have choice in that as well, where we're going to move and reside and, and, and the things that we, the jobs we might take or the roles we might take. So there's some choice in there, but uh, the usability factor is up to us. And so what I really want believers to know is that there's purpose that is set for everyone, which is a Bible idea. That's not Lisa Whittle's idea. That's Matthew 28, which is to go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, And that is, purpose for all of us. Now, certainly in our own lives, that's going to look a little different where you live, your neighborhood, what, you know, your, your family, the roles that you've been called to in life. 
But you don't have to keep looking for this ethereal map to find your purpose. It's very, very clear in scripture. What we need to be worried about is, God, how usable am I for the kingdom of God? Am I allowing these things in my life to chisel me and make me kingdom usable? And so that's where I want us to land. Mm, I love that. I I have a a dear elderly friend in our church who says, stay blessable. And I feel Mm. like it's in the same vein that we have control over whether or not we're, like you said, allowing ourselves to sit with God enough in the hard places that he does the work he needs to do in us and through us. He's far more concerned about our character than our comfort. So when we sit with him, then we become the usable vessel, um, which I think demystifies this concept of purpose for us. And it removes us from being a victim of, oh, well, I didn't land in my purpose rather than, no, I can wake up every morning and say, God used me today. And is there anything in my life in the way of you being able to use me? And that heart posture, I think, is so critical. So I love that. I love that. And, and I'm a, a Bible girl. So I love the fact that you've got a Bible study that goes along yeah. with this as well, which, which you know, readers can dig into even more. One of the things we have in common, Lisa, is we're both pastors' daughters. And we are longtime ministry leaders. So you have an entire chapter and several sections that you weave through about some church hurt that you experienced, some church situations that you walk through. Some of it resonated very deeply with me. So I'd like to know from you, as, as candid as you'd like to speak to it, how can we lead the charge, encouraging the churches on these tough conversations we need to have? And what conversations do you think we need to be having more of within the church? Well, that's a great question. I think one thing that's very important in this day and time is for those who have been hurt by the church, those who have had some of those experiences, but also deeply love the church to be the ones that are having these conversations and leading out in them because some things that are happening, um, and, and I think fairly, I really do think in all fairness, is that some of the tough conversations that are happening are being had by people who clearly maybe don't even like the church at this point and haven't really had some healing with it. And so I think sometimes those conversations are coming from a little bit of a different place. Mm. And so what I would say is um, do the work with the church, stay in there. The, 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 the greatest um, voice that you'll ever have in having these tough conversations, or if you are willing to not leave, but to stick in and do work, uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're not going to have a time of, um, you know, reprieve from, from, you know, even physically going to church. Maybe you need to do some healing. Maybe you're going to do some work, whatever the case may be. But listen, don't stay gone forever. Do the work, come back and then Speak to it from a place of deep love. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's why, you know, Paul's exhortations in the word and so forth were really helpful, are really still helpful to us because, you know, they're coming from a place of love. Mm-hmm. And I think when we have tough conversations, if we know that the person leading those conversations loves and you know there's a place of safety there and you know that that is for uh, the good then you and you know that the ultimate goal and motive is restoration and healing so that we can be better then there's a different type of of safety in that and so when i talk about having tough conversations with the church one i'm so committed to this because 
I know that if we don't have those tough conversations, one, the world will have them without us. Mm. And we need to be leading them, not responding to culture's conversations. Mm. That's number one. And number two, um, we need to uh, be seen as folks that are not in denial about what's happening, even amongst us. And so if we have these conversations, we're willing to, to step forward in them. Then what happens is then we can, we can help. Then we can be the ones to help. Then we can be the ones to serve. Then we can be the ones to be who we were called to be. And so many times the church is there helping and is there, um, you know, on the front lines. And yet because of some of the denials and not willing to have the hard conversations, we're just not, um, the door isn't open to us. And so I want us to do both. I want us to have the hard conversations so that we can have the impact in the world we need to have. Mm, thank you, Lisa. And you mentioned doing the hard work and you had a couple of different circumstances within the church that were, that were hard, that were really hard. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I've been through some of what you've talked about. So what, what did doing the hard work look like for you? If, if someone is listening and they are hurt by the church, they have been right. either through a church split or they've just been become disillusioned with the church. What is one step of doing the hard work that so that we don't just stay out of the church? Because you even mentioned in your book, I love the church. You continue to mm. say that it's it's God's design for better, for worse. It's flawed because we are flawed. But it's but we are the bride of Christ. So what is one thing somebody can do to do the hard work if they're feeling a bit stuck in church hurt? Mm, that's a great question. I think it, it, there there needs to be a commitment to showing up imperfectly, which doesn't mean uh, which could mean a lot of things. But I, I would love for even someone just today to say today showing up will be. I have open hands. I have an open heart and I'm, I'm going to say to the Lord, I'm here. I'm here and I'm good. I'm, I am willing. I am open. I am listening. Um, and, and the Lord is so good to just to heal in such a thorough way. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also a big proponent for counseling. I really am. I feel like, um, you know, I'm not a counselor. I, I get into a lot of things in the book that, that, that dip my toe in that because I had come with a counseling heart. Um, I've had some counseling background, uh, in seminary, so I can't help it. Um, I've also been through a, a lot of counseling. And so I think those things are so important. And I know for my own life that ha- had I not sought that counseling, I don't know where I would be, you know, a wise, uh, and I believe, uh, I believe a Jesus following counselor, because I think there's a difference when you, when you go to a counselor who doesn't know Jesus, and, you know, it, it's not like they might not have some good life wisdom, but at the same time, they're not going the same place you're going. And so I think there's something to be said about, um, someone who shares your faith and, um, understands what you've committed your life to. And so I'm a big proponent in that. And I understand there's lots of things like cost involved, but there are also some great resources now, um, that are uh, free counseling, uh, that you can, that you can have. And so I, I think there's a simple way of just opening your hands. I also want to say that one of the things that I encourage in, if you, uh, pre-order the book, you can get this free guide that I've written for, if you've been hurt by the church, One of the things I say is, you know, when you, when you go to the hospital and you emerge from the hospital, I mean, physically go to the hospital, if you've had surgery or if you've you've been sick or whatever, you take what I call hospital steps. 
um, which are those, you know, you don't run out of the hospital. You very gingerly get out of the bed. Sometimes you even require a wheelchair when you go from the hospital. I feel like it's the same way when, when we've been hurt by the church, we have to take hospital steps. Hmm. And um, that doesn't mean running out of the hospital. That means gingerly walking, um, taking this at, at your own pace, but also just being com- committed to saying, I'm going to show up and I'm going to see what God can do because God can do anything. We'll get right back to this week's episode. I want to help you make life matter with some free resources at AngelaDenadio.com. You'll also find my books, albums, and ways to connect. While you're there, join my online community and be the first to hear exciting updates. If you long to walk where Jesus walked and are ready for the Bible to come alive in ways you have never experienced before, journey with me and Carol McLeod to Israel in 2022. Get all the details at AngelaDenadio.com. Thank you, Lisa. That's so good. And I know someone needed to hear that today. You know, you help us as readers through 10 different hard, good circumstances. And one chapter, another chapter that I love so much is opening your heart again when it's been hurt. This is such a tender and a needed topic. And you say we don't happen into hopelessness. We neglect ourselves there. We abandon healing, dealing with hurt places, and eventually it catches up to us. Can you talk a little bit about this? Mm, I can definitely talk about it because I've been there. Uh, you know, we, no, I don't think anybody plans on just one way waking up and saying, I don't really think I can get out of bed today, you know, and certainly I, I think I, I, I'm tender to the subject of depression, uh, clinical depression. And so I think that's not something I can speak into because I am not a licensed counselor. Um, I think there's, there's all kinds of spectrum here where some of us literally just sort of have a feeling of hopelessness. Maybe we're not clinically depressed, but we certainly, um, we don't really enjoy living in this world right now, you know, and we certainly just feel heavy and those types of things. And I believe firmly that, you know, we don't, we really just don't wake up feeling that way most of the time, unless we have something chemical going on in our body. A lot of us just um, have things we've needed to address for a long time, and we just haven't dealt with it. We've stuffed it. We've said, well, let me get to that when I'm not so busy. My calendar doesn't look so crazy. And uh, when I'm not parenting and running wild or whatever the case may be, and I can speak to that because that is me. And that's been me historically in many ways. Um, I, I just, I've always felt like, you know, in the past, I thought, well, I don't have time to get sick. I don't have time to um, deal with stuff. I am, I am running, uh, you know, I'm running a whole operation here. I've got all this stuff going on. And the reality is, is, you know, when you do that and you neglect yourself in that space, you, you often wind up one day and realize, hmm, wake up one day and realize, wow, um, I can't sleep anymore. I, um, I have really, really neglected my health. And, um, and so, you know, a lot of it is a shutdown of our, our, our soul, a shutdown of our spirit. And, um, and so there is a way to open your heart back up when it's been hurt. And I want to encourage folks in that because I am a person historically, who, when things are hard for me, have wanted to shut down in my life. Mm. And um, the Lord alone has encouraged me to show back up and um, open back up. And uh, we've done it together and it hasn't been perfect. And like I said, I've sought counseling on this, 
but you can do it. And so that's, I want that to be an encouragement to someone who feels like, do I have to live the rest of my life with a shut down, with a shut down heart or with, with my heart being closed and never being open to anyone again? And I want to say it's possible to open back up, even though you've been hurt. Mm. Thank you, Lisa. And I know we've just touched on that. There's so much in the book and you do talk about a season. You didn't want to get out of the bed. You talked about struggling with maybe this is depression. It's just what it looks like. And I agree. I don't think we just land there. We don't wake up one day and say, I don't want to do another day. It's and in the past two years for many of us have been so anxiety producing and trauma inducing and, you know, a hallmark sign of trauma is avoidance. And so to keep pushing things away that the Holy spirit is inviting us to deal with, he can handle our hard questions. He can handle our pain. He can handle our frustration, but to, to not process it, it does catch up with us. And it doesn't just close us all us off from that thing, that hard thing. It closes us off from all the things that matter most. And it makes our heart harden instead of soften to what the Lord is trying to do. So I appreciate your vulnerability in a number of ways that you speak to that. You know, you briefly touch on, um, I mean, you, you, you cover 10 different areas and do you want to briefly touch on maybe one or two more? You talk about how we can navigate these different areas of the hard good with God yeah. and it resulting in a refined good. So you talk about accepting something we wish were different, cheering someone, someone on who, um, got what we didn't get. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about showing up and we want to shut down, doing something God wants, even when it might disappoint others. Any of those kind of sticking out to you today in this conversation that maybe you feel like someone needs to hear a little bit more about? Well, I, I think what you've even mentioned and, 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 and some of that list, I hope that what that says to people is, look, there are hard things that we deal with every single day and they run the gamut. So, it, you know, it, this isn't a book just of our deepest wounding that is hard. We cover that. Mm-hmm. We cover making peace with your life when it's brought loss. And I I, I bring in my, my friend Beth, who has had deep, deep, deep grief in her life, which some, someone listening can relate to, uh, the loss of a a child, the loss of a spouse, the loss of someone you deeply, deeply love, the, the loss of roles in your life that were taken away without your permission. I mean, these are deep griefs that we journey through and that sometimes no one but God really knows. We cover that. We also cover, um, you know, cheering for someone else when they get what you want, because look, that is, Sure. Maybe on a different scale than that deep, deep grief of the loss. I would say absolutely so. But it's also something really hard when someone gets something that you want in life. When you have labored, you have worked hard. Maybe you're a a justice driven person and you're a person that looks and watches and you feel bypassed over and over and over again. That's hard. And you want to know, God, how can this be good in my life? I, I have I have worked I have, I, I don't feel seen. And, uh, you know, so we, we talk about that because I believe that it's in those moments where you can, you can go one way or the other. You can, you can, you can be, um, overcome by bitterness mm. and a feeling of entitlement, or you can allow God to use that still hard, doesn't change the hard. But you can allow God to use that to to be for good 
in a way that benefits your life Mm. to spiritually transform you. I mean, this is, I'm just a pragmatist. Okay. So for me in my life, if I know that something is going to be hard anyway, okay, just part of life going to be hard anyway, I would prefer that God somehow redeem it and make it usable to benefit my life to wildly be used, but in the kingdom of God. And so, you know, honestly, that pragmatism is, is God's design. (laughs) That's what I love about God. He's, he's wildly practical about what he wants to do in us. And so um, that's what is, you know, I think a little bit unique about the book is yes, it's tender. And yes, it's, it's, I went to the deepest, deepest depths for these book for these stories that I use in this book, but What's so beautiful about it is this is God's practical design for all this hard stuff we would go through Mm. that it would be so used for the kingdom of God. And uh, I love that about God. I do too. And and what comes through your entire book, even as you're talking right now, is just that God is good even when life is not good. And that we have to guard against that propensity we have to uh, become skeptical toward the character of God and Mm -hmm. put his character on trial when we go through a circumstance. And so what you encourage us to do is to say, hey, where is the good that God is going to produce? The usability, um, the kingdom purpose, the kingdom perspective. You know, Elisa, this is just one of many resources that you have, and you've made your life matter through your many resources and your podcast. Many of our listeners already know you from your podcast, which is wildly popular and one of my favorite podcasts, Joe or Jesus Over Everything. So how can our listeners, maybe that's a new podcast for them. How can they find you, connect with you, purchase your resources and hear you on the podcast? Thank you so much. It's G it's uh, Lisa Whittle.com is really where everything is. I've made it as simple as possible because I like simple things. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, all the books are there. We've got free stuff there. We've got uh, the, the Joe podcast, which is stands for Jesus over everything. Thank you. Some people think it's coffee, but it's not, it's Jesus. It's Jesus over everything. You can have your coffee though. That's a good, that's a good thing. Um, uh, speaking, all the speaking stuff, all the Bible study stuff, this Bible study is so wildly important to me. Also, I have a Jesus over everything Bible study, um, really soup to nuts. And we have a quiz. If you want to know, Hey, what emotion is overtaking my life right now? What emotion is really, um, you know, taking precedent here that might be kind of getting in the way of what God wants to do through this hard thing. There's a free quiz you can take. That's also on the website. Mm, I love that. Cause you mentioned the book that right now in our culture, feelings is our God, little G yeah. and yeah. we've got to move from making feelings based decisions to faith informed decisions. And that really, what is you're helping us to do the book helps us to do. And her podcast mm-hmm. is so great. You guys you have to go listen to it. Get, grab your cup of Joe and listen to Joe. It's so great. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, it's one of it's an everyday, is it an everyday podcast? It used to be, but then I got exhausted. So yeah. I started setting a good, a good boundary for myself. No, it's every Wednesday and Friday. On Wednesdays, I do a short show under 10 minutes with me. And uh, we just do, we just dive into a quick inspirational show. And then Fridays, I have a guest. Love it. Love it. And listeners, she's going to pray over you in just a minute. But I love to ask my guests this question, Lisa, before I end our conversations. And that is, other than Jesus, what person in the Bible has most inspired you to make life matter? This could be someone you can't wait to meet in heaven, a Bible character. It, it can be someone you can't wait to ask a hard question of. So I'm curious to know who this is for you. Oh, I love this meaty question. Um, so many people 
gosh, it's not even fair that you asked this question though, because I, I feel like my mind is racing with all the people I could say. Yeah. Um, I think someone I would love to speak with is Jeremiah. Hmm. I would love to speak with him because as we know, he preached for so, so many years without any, um, tangible success. Yeah. And I think I would love to say, how did you keep going? Yeah. Um, what really, I, I think, I feel like I know the answer would be, well, Jesus. <laughs> um, but I just would love to glean from that, um, from that kind of a, a, um, spirit led person of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I, and also I would just like to say thank you because many times knowing the example of a person like Jeremiah has kept me going. Mm. Yeah. He kept showing up to speak to your subtitle. He kept, kept showing, showing up when kept showing up, not a single convert and being nope. in the ministry. Is there anything more discouraging or hopeless nope. than that? But nope. sometimes we're right in the middle of the will of God and it is still hard and it can be hard and good. So guys, Elisa has shared so many amazing takeaways. I usually try to to draw back a couple of takeaways, but the whole podcast has been full of them. I'm telling you, you have to get her book, The Hard Good. It launches tomorrow, but if you're listening after September 7th, just order it. You will love it. You will pour over it. You will underline it. You will cry with it and laugh with it, and you will get to know Lisa on a much deeper level, just like I did. So I like to end Lisa with truth that matters. And in today's truth that matters, before I share a scripture, I want to mention one last quote from you, Lisa, from the hard good and a passage that I felt like the Lord laid on my heart for our conversation today from James chapter one. And this is your quote, hard are their circumstances. Good is the result. When you don't run away from the discomfort of being shaped by the hard into maximum effectiveness. So you see hard and good really are a holy pair. And then James chapter one says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Keep showing up. Maturity will finish its work. We will not be lacking anything, but we will be usable for kingdom purpose. So thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for what you're pouring into us as readers and listeners and resources, encouraging us to, to keep taking those hospital steps one at a time moving forward and showing up and trusting God to do the rest. So just want to invite you to pray over our listeners as we close our time today. Absolutely. Father, I thank you so much for this beautiful opportunity to get to talk about you. I thank you for being the great uniter of our hearts across the airwaves and the miles and this big world that you created with a breath, with a command. God, you are the all in all. You are everything. Uh, Father, we thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, that you will never change. Thank you for your word. Thank you for being the great healer. Thank you for being the hope. And Father, I just pray that for the one listening today who does not know how in the world their heart could be anything redeemable, I pray that you will reach down in the way that only you can. And let them know that they're not alone, that you walk with them, before them, beside them, and that you will always 
bring good because you are good. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.